Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back and let's chat about what is happening up in the stars above. And what a gorgeous morning it was here. You know, I live in the Pacific Northwest and I don't often get to see the sky, but this morning it was gorgeous out there. Uh, to the east, kind of the southeast, uh, where the sun is rising in the morning was the moon and Mars and Venus. And then, of course, this beautiful splash of color just at the uh, bottom of all of that, right at the interface uh, of where the sun was coming up. The sun wasn't yet above the horizon, but you could see the beautiful light. And uh, I, it reminded me, you know, I can never really get good pictures of the night sky or even that uh, twilight uh, light doesn't quite do it justice. But I have my trusty app uh, that I love to use for um, showing people what the sky looks like. So I'm going to share that first off this morning with you. So you see this little black line down here that represents the horizon. And so we're talking about planets then that are very low to the horizon. And what I saw with my own eyes was moon and Venus, these two so bright, right? And very close to one another. If you look here, you see Venus is almost rivaling the moon's brightness uh, as the moon is getting smaller and smaller, moving toward its new phase next week, early in the week. And here, to my surprise, which I should have known because I'm an astrologer and I knew it was there, uh, is Mars. So we can visually see the, this energy of the three planets, Moon, Mars, and Venus with the sun just below the horizon. And I wanted to show you this also because the moon today is in the final few several degrees of Sagittarius, which means he's going to be coming very close to a conjunction with the galactic center as we get toward, let's see, about 11 o'clock my time this morning. And here you can visually see the moon as he's edging ever closer to this area of the sky right here, that is where the home of the galactic center is, right? We're seeing the depth of the Milky Way galaxy here. And so I just thought that was really worth sharing for everybody. The app I use is called Star Map 3D Plus. And it is so, all you do is take your phone and point it at whatever it is you're looking at in the sky. And it will bring you up the picture of whatever it is, what constellations there are, what stars there are, what planets there are. And it will even tell you if there's a comet there or uh, maybe, you know, what you thought was a star turns out to be uh, a, uh, a galaxy, another galaxy that's happened to me before as well. So it's a really good app to have and just lots of fun when you want to be able to see the sky. And guess what? It works even when we have clouds. <laughs> It could be raining, but it's going to know what it is that's in the sky above us. So I wanted to start the morning by sharing that with you because it's so wonderful to be able to visualize some of the things that we're talking about. And the other thing I wanted you to notice, and this is something huge that's coming. We have not yet talked about it uh, here in the morning show, is that as we move into February, which is, Lord help me, only just what, Monday? Uh, yeah, Monday, Sunday. Tuesday. Tuesday will be February 1st. Yikes. And from February 1st until the end of March, Venus and Mars are going to be dancing together in what would be considered a, a conjunction because they're pretty close in orb all through that two-month period of time, all of February, all of March. 
And so it brings up typically Mars and Venus. They only dance together for about 10 days. And then Venus being the faster body, she zips on ahead of Mars and Mars, you know, typically not uh, able to catch back up to her uh, for another period of time, you know, almost even a, a year or more. So this will be interesting to see these two partners dancing together, masculine principle of Mars, the feminine principle of Venus, they come together in what is a highly creative energy. So it, it's funny because at first it'll be Mars catching up to Venus as Venus is in retrograde still. And uh, then it will be Venus catching up to Mars. And so they'll be dancing this dance throughout this whole period of time. And what that translates to all of us individually is the ability to see creativity take some wings and fly right to see your relationships even um in a different light now because mars is involved sometimes that means a little more assertion in our relationships it could mean a little more conflict or combativeness in our relationships but it does give us the opportunity to bring things up to the surface that have been hidden and then we can work through them so it'll be an interesting time and seeing it visually in the sky only enhances the whole experience of the two dancing together. So Mars and Venus coming up. We'll, we'll dissect that more uh, in the coming days and weeks uh, as we have lots of time to talk about that and take a look at people's charts to uh, see where's this happening because it's going to happen in Capricorn and Aquarius. And so we have two different opportunities for the exact conjunction to take place and we'll see how that plays out in our lives. But literally, they are in orb of one another through that entire time. So it'll it's sort of like the um, Saturn and Uranus square that we've been dealing with for two years, right? Or a year, almost two years. It'll be two years at the end of this year, for sure. And that because of the, the dynamics of how they're working together, uh, we've had an extended period of time where we're being affected by that. Now, because they're outer planets as well, that is another explanation, but Mars and Venus are both inner planets, so we don't usually expect that they're going to be that close for that long. So I think it gives us all an opportunity to um, look at the areas of our charts that are ruled by Mars and also ruled by Venus. And I've had a suggestion from one of our listeners out there, Tammy, I don't know if you're out there this morning, uh, but she said uh, that she would love it if one day, maybe one day a month, we get together on a Zoom call. So Zoom, as you know, is the platform that allows us to video chat. Uh, I can host up to 100 people on a Zoom call and that we get together and we just take a look at charts. So it's hard in the morning show here to, because I've got to go through sharing my screen. It's not as easy to do that here in StreamYard. Plus it's live and that means that, you know, it's going out to other people but I'll post a Zoom link up as soon as I pick a date. Likely it'll be on a Friday. And then we can get together in Zoom and I can share screens so you can see your chart, but it isn't broadcasting live, but everybody uh, in the call will be able to see it. And I think that will be fun. It's an additional way for us to get together and learn some things and for you as an individual to, to gain an understanding of how some things are working in your chart. And wouldn't it be fun to look at Mars and Venus in your personal chart to see what it is that's going on? And literally, it'll be different for people because, you know, we all have Capricorn and Aquarius in our charts somewhere, but we also have natal Venus and Mars in separate places in our chart. So it is sort of opening up our charts to be 
affected in different ways. So we also want to take a look at the human design gates that, or the gene keys that those two planets will be sitting at uh, because they are enhancing the energy of whatever gate and center that they are going to be a part of. So we'll be uncovering more and more about that over uh, the next few uh, days and weeks. We have time there. Uh, Debbie Tibbetts, Tumiel, good morning to you. And I was going to bring this up if you weren't here this morning, but Debbie's asking for prayers for her little Cassie dog, her little fur baby, to have a safe trip home because she is in her process of passing away. And she has been uh, a part of Debbie's life for, I don't know what, Debbie, 13, 14, 15 years, something like that. It's always hard when we lose our fur babies. They're like our children. They're like, you know, family members. And so our hearts are with you, Debbie. We all, I'm sure, have had the experience of losing um, one of our animals near and dear to our hearts. So we send you so much love. We surround Cassie with lovely, beautiful light to aid, uh, aid her in getting to heaven. And there's one thing that I know for sure, and it's that our animals go to either heaven or to an afterlife. Uh, if you'll remember, I shared the story of my conversation with my passed over son, uh, Brian, and one of the questions I asked him was, did you meet up with our animals that had passed away? And I said, I don't know how you're going to answer this question for me, but uh, he found a way to answer that question for me by sending me a dog as I was on my walk that I'd never seen before, but then it turned out to be the image of one of the dogs that I uh, had that had passed away that I'd forgot to mention in my litany of dogs that I was mentioning to him. <laughs> um, so we know that she's going to a safe and loving and uh, beautiful place, but still our hearts ache in the missing of that baby. So Debbie, our hearts surround you with love and Cassie with love as well. All right. So we have quite a bit to talk about this morning as if we haven't already been talking about a lot. Um, we have uh, the moon, of course, that we want to take a look at, but we have a pretty busy weekend on tap as we have today a Mercury retrograde conjunction with Pluto that brings up a lot of deepness, a lot of depth and intensity. Uh, we have a new human design week upon us as we start the day. We also have a new Pleiadian Earth energy week upon us as we start today. And then Saturday, we move into Venus and moving direct out of her retrograde. So when a, a planet stations, uh, we sometimes have that confusing time of, of not knowing like what direction are we going or depending on the, the area of the uh, uh, chart that, that that planet is changing direction in which sign. So we have that on Saturday. And then Sunday, we have the sun in a square to Uranus. So we'll want to break down some of that information. And then as well, today, I would love to share with you some card readings with a new deck of cards that I've got. Um, they're called the Starseed Oracle, which is different than the Starseed Oracle cards that I have been using. Here we go. It is by Rebecca Campbell and Danielle Noel, the Starseed Oracle. And it's so interesting because the box is got the chevron pattern to it, right? So when you open the box, your cards and your um, book are in there. And I also have another deck, Messages from Heaven uh, by Jackie Newcomb. And that deck made me cry the other day. So 
good stuff, right? So I want to be able to share some of that with you. So good morning to Ursula and Debbie and Susie and JLo and Pam. Sylvester, great to see you out there. Uh, Susie Gemini, good morning. Sunny Smiles, good morning to you. And uh, there was someone else up here that I missed. I think I said hello to Susie. Uh, Requiem for a Tuesday. Requiem for a Tuesday. Uh, love seeing you out there. And JLo, I think I said hello. Pam Zaruba, you're the one. Amy Energy Tarot, great to see you. Julie Kiss, good morning to you. Thank you for being with us. And anybody else who's out there that I might have missed, it is great to have you with us. So uh, please don't don't inundate me with uh, card reading requests because I will forget uh, in the sharing. So I will tell you when I see Ursula, I see Debbie, and I see somebody else. And now I can't remember already. So we'll get to that in just a bit. So we start out the day today with the moon in the sign of Sagittarius. I showed you that in the graphic at the very beginning, which means that the moon is beginning to come into connection with the galactic center. Now, of course, the moon does this once a month as she passes through the sign of Sagittarius. And it gives us, uh, ooh, and that that's a great time for passing over the rainbow bridge, Debbie, for your little baby Cassie to be moving on because the energy of God, if you will, is with us at the time, source, right? It's right there. It's touchable. It's tangible. So what a great, I say that tongue in cheek. I mean, it's never a great time necessarily to lose someone, but at least astrologically, the energy is there for her to have a smooth transition. Uh, so all of us, though, are going to be able to have access to the very powerful galactic center where the stream of consciousness comes out into the universe and bathes the earth and all the planets in what can be mutative or evolutionary energy. So it would be a great time later today before 11 a.m. my time. So 12.12, that's two o'clock um, East Coast time. Debbie, you are two hours ahead of me. So that would be around one o'clock for you. No, yeah, one o'clock. But because the galactic center is so wide, and because the moon is moving into a void, of course, not necessarily at the degree of the galactic center, any time for her this afternoon is going to be perfect. Now, what does it mean when the moon is in Sagittarius? So we can get an idea of what it is we're looking for that is coming to us during this period of time. And one of this is all about the quest for truth right? We're all looking for truth. We all think we have part of the truth. Um, I'd say we all do have parts of the truth, but the truth, capital T truth is what Sagittarius is on the mark, on the, on the hunt for, uh, the symbol, right? The, the centaur with the arrow pointed right at the galactic center, the heart of the universe, the heart of the matter, the truth of the matter. So we're all on that quest for at least through, uh, 109 AM tomorrow morning, so 109 would be 309, 409 a.m. For those of you on the East Coast, we have this elongated period of time with which the moon is bringing us some of this uh, galactic center energy, the quest for truth, peace of mind, travel, adventure, freedom, also a part of the experience with the moon in Sagittarius. Uh, Sagittarius also rules the law. It was interesting to me yesterday, I think it was, uh, news story after news story about Stephen Breyer, uh, one of the Supreme Court justices getting ready to step down. The law, right? The legal system ruled by Sagittarius with the moon in Sagittarius yesterday, bringing us news about the law or about the Supreme Court. 
faith and optimism. Because Sagittarius is ruled by Jupiter, we have some of the same themes of Jupiter in the sign of Sagittarius. So faith and optimism, the idea of growth and expansion of, of the expansion of consciousness. So it's not just, you know, growing in attention or growing through learning something. It's about a growth and an expansion of our consciousness, right? Our hearts expanding outward with love and with tolerance and acceptance and seeing the bigger picture of the world and how we all fit together in it. And Sagittarian energy helps us to find solutions to problems, things that we have been dealing with. But if we allow ourselves to raise our consciousness, to come at the problem from a different perspective, then we have the opportunity to find solutions and overcoming excesses. One of the shadow energies in the moon, uh, moon's placement in Sagittarius and its connection then to Jupiter is the, the opportunity that we have to go uh, into excessiveness, whether that's excessive eating, drinking, talking, doing, exercise, gambling, you name it, on and on. We can get a little overdone with things when we have the moon <laughs> in Sagittarius. So watch out for overdoing things, right? Um, also, one of the things we have to watch out for in the uh, Sagittarius energy is blunt talking right? It's one thing to be invited to share from a, a, a position of bluntness. It's a different thing when you blurt things out that maybe other people didn't ask to hear. So we want to be careful. It's not that we're all going to just be vomiting out of our mouths, you know, telling people all the things that they didn't ask for. But the potential is there, right? You see something that's out of alignment. And what you want to do is help that person get corrected. Uh, but it isn't your job to be able to do that unless you have a defined throat in your chart, but still the throat always works better when it is invited. So I know you see maybe something that you want to correct or help somebody get in alignment with, but please wait for the invitation to do that. You'll feel better. They will feel better and it will come out in a way that seems supportive and enhances consciousness rather than it coming out as judgmental. So we'll want to watch that. Now, after the void, which will end at 1.09 a.m., as I said, West Coast time, so 4.09 a.m., we'll all wake up with the moon in Capricorn. So interesting uh, timing as Venus turns direct in Capricorn. We have a host of Capricorn planets right now with Mars, Venus in retrograde, Pluto, Mercury in retrograde, uh, now back into Capricorn. So we have a lot of focus on getting things done. I wrote a working weekend, question mark, because literally all day Saturday, all day Sunday, with the moon in the sign of Earth, right? There's a, an Earth connection. It's practical. It's getting things done. It's it's goals or it's taking steps in a linear fashion, one after another, uh, to get something done. So putting yourself to work. It is also enhanced, I think, by Venus changing direction just literally out an hour or two later. Uh, actually, Venus turns direct first and then the moon. Uh, so within an hour, they are changing a, of a direction and also the moon changing signs. And that means that it puts a lot more confusion and focus literally on our goals. So we may, at least initially, and this may last for a day or two, it may last just for a couple of hours, where you may have some confusion about what practical steps to take. 
So it might mean having to sit down and actually work out maybe on paper, uh, whatever the plan might be that you want to execute and uh, how you want to do what it is that you want to do. So it's a good time for planning. It'll be a good weekend to uh, have the steps that you need to take. Uh, I was musing about this yesterday. You guys don't know this about me maybe, but I really do like to cook. And so sometimes I get it in my mind that I want to try a recipe. So then I have to uh, do all the things that I, I need to do to do that. And because a recipe is very much like what the weekend will be, right? You follow the steps to get to the end result. And that reminded me yesterday as I was following, I was making uh, chicken, white chicken chili. And as I was following this recipe that I was unfamiliar with, I mean, I'd read it a few times, but I was unfamiliar with the steps. I realized the value of organization and the value of taking our time to get to the end result. So we have the words that Venus brings up, value, right? The values uh, and Capricorn taking the time, taking the steps one by one to get to an end result. So think of whatever it is that you might be struggling with right now or whatever it is that you want to do as it's coming out of the dark with Venus changing direction, that taking it like it's a recipe, you know, maybe even the, the listing of what would I need to do first? And I'll tell you, this has been so confusing for me over the last couple of days. I, and I usually experience these things before everybody else does so that I have this like kind of an insight into what's going to be happening. And as I was uh, trying to figure out how to put together my uh, separate chapters of my book into, you know, so you can purchase them individually. And if you haven't seen them, they're on my website, January's, and I've also put up February's chapter now of the Astro Design for the month. But now I want to put all of the months together into one book. And I have struggled with this for three days. And I was like, oh my goodness, I'm just so confused. And I know how to do it. That's what's even funnier. But the steps, you have to take certain steps in order to put those things together. And that's what's about to shift for all, all of us, right? If we're willing to take our time, we can see how the steps can come together for us to be able to put out our work or do a project or bring something into completion or bring something into, um, you know, birthing something, but birthing an idea. So all of that happening over this weekend, uh, Saturday is the day Venus turns direct. So that is the day where it's the most confusing. But I feel like today, I feel like all week we've been sort of doing this as Venus has really slowed down and beginning the process of uh, preparing to change direction. So that will really hit tomorrow. Now let's go back to today and start to break down today. First of all, let me look and see if there are any questions here. Susie says, yum, it was really good. It was really good. And uh, Capricorn, Susie, uh, Capricorn Energy, Boot Henderson, good to see you. Uh, and good morning, everyone. Beautiful, beautiful blessings for everybody. So um, JLo, I picked cards for us for the week and I had, it had one eight. I was amazed how the energy of the day came through. I love it if you would share that. I think you shared... If you want, share it on the community page, the Living Astrology community. Uh, okay, so today, let's break down this energy of the day. Today we have Mercury retrograde conjunct Pluto. And there's an intensity and a depth today to our thinking and to our communication 
intensity and depth owing to Pluto in Capricorn and the communication and the mind connection because it is Mercury in retrograde. And there's also the potential for uncovering secrets here, researching something that, you know, taking it to a deeper level, probing into something that maybe you want to go deeper with. Um, it would be like, oh, I want to know more about the moon in Sagittarius, right? So, and I'm just making that up, but whatever it is that you want to go deeper into, today is a really good day to do that. Maybe you've wanted to know some, you know, some secret of the universe and today's a great day to go doing the research for it. Um, the mysteries and the occult and the tarot, divination, astrology, all of those kinds of things are also the mysteries of the universe that we may also plumb the depths of over today. Now, remember these transits happen. Today's the exact. We would have felt this building yesterday, maybe even a day or so before that. And then of course, today it's the exact. And then later today into tomorrow and the next day, even you may be feeling this. It's like a cold, right? Three days coming, three days there, three days going. So we have an extended period of time where we can experience these transits. And at various times, those planets could be affecting planets in your own chart that may color how this is playing out. So these are sort of the generalities of what you might be experiencing. This will be a good time to check your motivations. Why are you doing what you're doing? If you are struggling with something, let's say you have a blowout in your relationship with someone, this is a great time to do the self-analysis, to look inward and see, well, how did I create this? Or, or how, what is this teaching me? What does this remind me of? What fear in me got triggered? So great time to go into that, that deeper self-reflective space so that you can see what your motivations might be. So deep reflection, um, contemplation in the words of, of the Gene Keys, Richard Rudd, he talks about contemplation. Uh, as a as a process, this isn't something that you just go, hmm, let me think about this, there's the answer. Contemplation and deep reflection takes time and also a willingness, but it's also easier for us to do right now as Mercury is retrograde already giving us a sort of deeper self-reflective um, kind of energy. And then his connection to Pluto, definitely helping us to gain insights about what are the workings of our psychology and so forth. Now, this has already happened once, right? This happened on December 30th uh, as uh, Mercury in forward motion then went across Pluto uh, on his way into Aquarius. And now in retrograde, he's coming back across Pluto and on his way to his direct station, uh, which happens on February 3rd. And then after that, on February 11th, Mercury will again pass across Pluto. So we have a threefer here, right? We have opportunities for this depth and this reflection, self-reflection three different times. So I would, if I were you, go back to December 30th. So that would have been the day before New Year's Eve. And what types of things might you have been reflecting on or what kinds of issues might um, Mercury have triggered for you that then you would have to, to work with. I remember December 30th plainly because I was at Universal Studios that day soaking wet because Southern California was getting one of their rare dumping types of rainstorms and we happened to be out in it <laughs> and it was, it was just a strange day. Uh, but it also 
triggered in me whininess. Oh my God. I was like this little girl that was just in uh, having an inner temper tantrum. So now today, as this is passing across again, so now I'm going to look at that and go, okay, what, what inner temp temper tantrum am I still playing with? You know, where's the whininess still? Uh, and then of course, February 11th, I'm going to get to look at that one more time. Now on December 30th, when the first pass happened in your human design, this was at date 61, which is a gate that sits up on the Ajna. It is the, or I mean, sits up on the head center, the top center. It is the middle gate. So it's coming down toward the Ajna. It is called the gate of, of inner truth, right? So inner truth. And also sometimes we call it the gate of awe and wonder. The 61 is where we must allow for everybody to come to their own inner truth. And that inner truth is going to be as varied as the seven some billion people that are on the planet, right? Nobody's inner truth is going to be the same as anybody else's. It, there could be similarities for sure. There could be complete opposites for sure. But everybody needs to be able to come to their own inner truth. That was the first pass. The next two passes, today's and uh, the 11th, are happening with Mercury and Pluto at the gate 60, which is on the root center leading up to the sacral. We did a lot of talking about the 60 because of uh, its, its energy of boundaries and limitations. It's about learning to work within boundaries, within the, the framework of what is available to us and to create then sustainably, right? So when we do things, like if we're trying to build a house, for example, we use this uh, as a uh, sample or example before, we build the house from the bottom up, from the foundation. If you don't have a strong foundation, you can't go up, or I suppose you can, but the first big wind that comes along or earthquake that comes along, boom, down falls the house. So everything starts with the limitation of a foundation. The 60 allows us to do that, but also to be innovative in the way that we do that. So we have Mercury and Pluto taking us into the depths at the gate 60. We're looking at our foundation. What co constitutes the boundaries and the limits with when, within which that I'm working and how can I create sustainably in that energy? So woohoo. Uh, and again, I said, I think I said February 11th, it will also be conjunct at uh, the gate 60. Uh, and then Mercury, of course, gaining speed at that point in time, ready to move on into uh, the sign of Aquarius. So good stuff coming that way. Uh, also today, we have the Pleiadian Earth calendar day one, right? We're in one moving energy. Moving energy, if you remember last Friday when we had Pia and Colin on, they told us about this energy and how powerful an energy it is because it is the energy of change. It is an energy that creates transformation. In the Mayan calendar, this is expressly uh, seen through the symbol, which is Chichan, which is the snake or the serpent. And we always think of the serpent as a transformational symbol because he sheds his skin or she sheds her skin. So the shedding of the skin means, a, you know, the le leaving behind of what no longer fits or what no longer is uh, uh, optimal for us to move forward in. So we are also moving forward, but we have to leave something behind first, right? We have to let go of something, the old skin, the old beliefs, the old thoughts, the old grudges, the old baggage. 
So it can be a very difficult time as we humans like to hold on. We like to hold on. <laughs> we like to keep on, you know, thinking that we have to, we have to continue carrying that grudge. Uh, this is really about our learning to forgive and to release, to surrender and to trust that everything is working to our uh, good in moving us forward. So uh, that is happening and that begins the 13 day week that is also going to see the shadow period, right? The collective shadow period is going to begin. Uh, I can't remember the day she said, I want to say it's going to be on. Oh, that's January. Let's look at February. It is going to start at it's going to start on the 4th or excuse me, the 13th of February at four being energy. So it's going to lead us in that direction, but not necessarily be activated that same week. Uh, now we also are moving into a new human design week today. It's like everything's piled up today, right? Um, and <laughs> I'm sorry. Somebody said I was baking cookies for him for, oh, Susie Gemini, your son's birthday. Happy birthday to Susie's son. And funny thing, because I was going to bake brownies today. The problem with baking things is then I want to eat them. And I really shouldn't be eating the sugar or the gluten. <laughs> so it's always like cross purposes. So then I bake them and I give them to the neighbors. Uh, okay, so let's talk about the human design week. I want to share my screen. Uh, and let's see if I can do this properly. Uh, a Chrome tab and I want to go to chart builder. Is that the right one? Indeed. So I want to show you this is actually the live chart builder site. So if I scroll my screen, you can see this is I'm logged into genetic matrix. Know who you are. Gotta love that tagline. And uh, I brought up the um, mandala uh, so that we could see where some of the energies are for this new human design week. And you'll see here it's live so I can click on things and, you know, turn them in on and off. I already did a little bit of it this morning so that we wouldn't have to spend much time doing that. I might make this up a little bit bigger. There we go. So remember that I was talking about this is the body graph. And in the body graph, we see where all of the gates are placed in energy centers. These are the gates, these numbered areas. The gates get formed or the, the centers get turned on or defined when there is an energy at each side of the gate. Uh, so, or each side of the channel, excuse me, then the channel gets defined. Right now, the pieces that I have on the board here are just the sun and the earth uh, and Venus. And um, then I also put uh, the Mercury retrograde and Pluto gate. So we could to focus on those. So we have the, the body graph in the middle. And then around the outer ring here, we have the gates. And those gates then are aligned with an I Ching hexagram. And the I Ching hexagram and the gate are aligned with an astrological sign. So you can see if I bring my, I don't want to do it that way. There we go. Bring the screen down a little bit. You see we have some Capricorn energy here as the gate 38 where Venus is and the gate 60 where Mercury retrograde and Pluto are, are both Capricorn gates. And then we have the sun over here at the gate 19, which is an Aquarius gate. And magically we must know that the, the earth gate is in Leo because that's the opposite gate of the sun and the sun and earth are always placed in opposite signs. 
So it's implied in astrology that the earth is going to be in the opposite sign. So if the sun is in Aquarius, the earth is going to be in Leo. In human design, we actually use the earth as a point of grounding in what it is that we need to learn in, from the sun. So what do I have to have in place first is the earth in order to benefit from the most from the sun's placement. So the sun and earth have a, a, a very vital relationship and it's, a, it's, it's especially prominent through our human design. So if we take a look then at where the sun and earth are, uh, the sun is primed right now at the gate 19 and the gate 19 is on the root center. Remember we were talking about how there was so much pressure going on that the, the, the center uh, that's called the root center, the bottom center there, sorry, I had to take a drink, is um, all about the pressure to go out into the world, to evolve, to grow, to expand, the pressure to do. And this pressure can become stress in the lowest expression of the center. It's the energy of stress in its highest expression. It is the energy of evolution. So we have this idea that pressure can either create stress in us, but then sometimes that stress promotes us to move out dynamically, right? Dynamic motion. And then as we move out, if we use the pressure wisely and we move outward from the pressure, then we gain our evolution or we gain consciousness. So every gate that is sitting here at the uh, root center in some way pressures us to go out into the world. Well, the sun at the gate 19's pressure is for us to attune. It's a more sensitive and subtle energy. So what are we attuning to? I don't, I don't know if you guys can see me. I'm sitting here showing you my ear. What are we attuning to? Well, we're attuning to what our needs are to what our desires are, to where it is that we want to go, how we want to do what we want to do. So the gate 19's sensitivity is about the sensing of maybe the, the morphogenetic field, like what lines of energy are opening up for us individually, what lines of energy are opening us up for us collectively, and then being sensitive enough to move in the direction of fulfilling your own needs, not looking outside of yourself to others to fulfill those needs for you. And uh, this also sometimes, uh, you know, energizes our intuition. We become more sensitive, intuitive about which way the wind might be blowing, right? So we, if you have this defined already in your chart by birth, you're someone who's very sensitive to trends and to forecasts and where things are moving and you're in the world getting your needs met, right? And sometimes in the lower extreme, that energy can become clinginess where you're clinging to someone else who you think can fulfill your needs for you. In the highest expression is you realize that only you can fulfill yourself and you take that energy and you move out uh, toward the gate of revolution. That's the direction it's moving and you create change in your life based on what your own needs are. So that's where the sun is. The earth is sitting in a much different place. She is sitting up here at the gate 33, uh, which is called the gate of uh, retreat. It is also called the gate of retelling. It is a storyteller gate. So here is the gate uh, on a throat center, the throat center being the center for manifesting and also speaking, right? Communicating. And the gate 33 then is about a sharing 
your experiences in the world. So here's the way it goes. We have an experience, then we retreat, because if we don't retreat, we are going to blow out our energy. And then once we have some uh, integration, maybe that happens, or we, we have some clarity that comes from what that experience meant to us, then we take it out and we share the story of our experience. So experience, then followed by retreat, then followed by the sharing of the story. So you tend, we tend with the gates uh, at the 33 to have experiences that prepare us to share through story um, our, our lives or um, a learning lesson or something that has value to the human story. So again, though, this is a gate where if you share too soon, without retreating first, you can risk getting fatigued or chronic fatigue even, or collapse even, right? So it's a gate that is going to remind us energetically that we have experiences and somewhere between the experience and sharing what we learned in the experience, we need time, time to retreat, time to reconsider, time to evaluate, time to, it, it reminds me of a retrograde, right? Time. Um, memory, very sharp here. So the people that have this um, gate defined are very easy to recall memory details and to be able to share very sharply of what it is that they recall. But this is also a time, a gate where we need to be very aware of self-care, the need to take care of ourselves. If you all joined me on Wednesday, we uh, talked with uh, Heather Scott, who wrote the book Gentle With You. And we did a lot of talking about parenting and the need to take care, conscious, uh, consciously connecting to the energy of self-care. This gate needs a lot of self-care. And that might be days where you're out in nature, days where you're in meditation, days when maybe you're just, you know, painting or doing something that's fun or just sleeping, taking a nap, reading a good book. So self-care, very important for us. We're going to be learning that lesson if you don't have this defined. If you have this defined, then it's triggering this energy. And there's some time that you might need to take during this next week, uh, which is, by the way, from January 28th to February 1st, to take care of yourself, lest you um, risk fatigue or some kind of chronic uh, problem, burnout coming up. This gate also has a tendency to secrecy. <laughs> it is uh, one of the funny gates where it is a storyteller, but also the story keeper. And the story keeper part of them can feel secretive, like they're good confidants. You can tell them anything and they'll hold on to that story until they come into contact with someone that has the gate 13, the opposite gate. So the 13 is down here on the identity center. And when they come into contact, it completes this channel and then they suddenly download all of their secrets. And I've seen this happen in my family so many times. It's hysterical because my son has the, the gate 33. He's someone that is a great confident, confidant. You can share anything with him. But we also had for a while a, a family member that had the gate 13 and all of the secrets would come tumbling out. It was so funny. And it's hard for you to be upset with that person because they're doing what comes naturally with their energy. And interestingly enough, 
anytime he shared the secret, it was in the right timing for the right people to hear the message and pick it up. So we have a tendency to be secretive when that gate is is in, is uh, activated, the 33, but also know that some of you may have the experience of sharing said secrets um, when you come into contact with someone that has this other end. So it could be an interesting week for all of us as we're more sensitive than usual. Um, we're more needing to uh, follow our own voice and our own inklings, but we're also having experiences that then require retreat, that then require us to share. And in the sharing can come out stories that maybe we were not meant to share. Eh, such c'est la vie, right? Um, now, we also have... Um, Venus that I wanted to talk about. Here's where Venus is right now at the gate 38. This happens to be one of the gates that she and Mars will come into contact with each other at. So the energy of fighting for something comes up with the two of these bodies coming together. She's already sitting there. And this is, uh, remember, Venus is going to affect our relationships, our finances, and our values, and our own personal value. So self-worth and self-respect and all of that also gets played in here. And the gate 38 says, choose your battles wisely, right? Don't fight over everything. Some things are worth fighting for and other things are not. If it's something that's near and dear to your heart that you really feel in the heart center or as something that you value, then it is appropriate to continue the fight. Uh, but how many times are we fighting for things that really have no meaning? Maybe we're just fighting because we got into a habit of fighting. And it isn't fighting necessarily like verbal battles, but the struggle it, that we have to maintain our position on something or to keep going and going, pushing um, to struggle or fight to bring something about. So I think about it as like a gate where sometimes the battle is worthy, right? Because it's bringing social justice or social change. Sometimes the fight is not a worthy battle. It's not worthy of your time and your effort. And it might be just time to release yourself from that fight. It can be personal or again, like I said, collective. So that gives you some insight into today's energy and the upcoming week. And I'm going to stop sharing my screen now. Go back. How's everybody doing out there? Do we have questions? Good morning, Asa. It's good to see you out there. And uh, yeah, pressure can create a diamond. Indeed, a diamond will not be created unless there's pressure and heat. And heat and pressure go along together uh, in the creation of, of lava or the, the pressure that the uh, weight of rock on uh, lava can create a diamond, right? So we have pressure creating something beautiful, something of value. <clears throat> okay. Sunday, sun square Uranus. So uh, the sun, of course, is the full force of our personalities. It's our ambitions. It's our it's our life, right? It's our full life force energy in a square with the planet that brings awakening and change. Sun and Uranus together can work positively. It's not usually uh, as, as uh, troublesome, let's say, as uh, the Uranus square Saturn has been, but the sun can bring some power to light, some, some change to light. It can bring up places where you have been reluctant to make change, where you've been holding on too tightly and allows us then to awaken, to make the first steps toward a new um, beginning, uh, to see things in a higher perspective, 
Um, hopefully that isn't something that is perpetrated on us through shock, because that can happen sometimes with Uranus. Perhaps it's more of the aha moment, right? The light bulb goes on and you're like, ah, I should have had a V8. And that awareness then allows you to take steps that may have been hidden from you before. This is also a fairly humorous kind of, of um, so laughter is the best medicine, right? So maybe we can get out of the seriousness that we've all been in and we can laugh a little and laugh at our own selves, at our own, you know, the seriousness of what we thought was so important. And then something else comes along and we say, oh, we just thought that that was important. So that is a good aspect that we'll be having on Sunday. Okay, so let's do some star seed card reading. So again, because some of you are just joining us, let me put together my box here. Uh, new deck of cards I want to use. Uh, you guys are the first to get to play with it. The Star Seed Oracle by Rebecca Campbell and Danielle Noel. Uh, first of all, it really appeals to me because it's different, right? The box opens up in a very different way and it almost looks like a house, right? Um, and I remember seeing uh, Debbie out there that wanted a reading. So Debbie, darling, this is for you. And um, I think I'll also bring you a messages from heaven card. And let's see what that brings up for us. So Deb Tibbetts to meal. The blue flame, spontaneous awakening, activation, integration time. A beautiful card. These cards are kind of pastelish. So you guys will have to tell me in the in the chat whether you can see the coloring. Uh, this is a beautiful card. Look at that doorway with this being of light in there. Um, you even see the halo above and uh, the, the beautiful blue flame, blue white flame that is in that card. And I have no clue what this is going to say because I've yet to look at these really. I was waiting for you all. And let's see, how am I going to look this one up? So the blue flame, are they, are they alphabetical? Ooh, I should have probably checked this. They are. Okay. So spontaneous awakening. Here's the card, Debbie. This is a card of awakening and energetic upgrades. Perhaps you're going through a period of spontaneous awakening, receiving visions and having uh, experiences that are out of the ordinary. In the West, little is known about the process of spontaneous awakening, and it can feel very scary when we're going through it alone. Elsewhere, they can be seen as auspicious experiences with those going through them, being treated with tender care. The blue beings are brought to, are thought to be activating beings with great potential for healing and upgrading our cellular structure. They appear in moments of extreme awakening, activating a physical kundalini awakening and a deep cellular and DNA healing. Many people glamorize the awakening process. However, in reality, it's much messier and more difficult than most of us believe. We must first let go of what we think we know for sure and how we make sense of the world. This isn't easy. The awakening process, even when it's spontaneous, takes a considerable amount of time to integrate and awakening without integration can leave us feeling very ungrounded. If you're in the midst of an awakening, the process never ends. Treat this time as deeply sacred and give yourself ample space to ground and integrate the extreme changes you're going through. Um, Starseed activation. Place the card on the portal of your heart and whisper the following. I allow myself to surrender to the awakening process that's right for me. I take things slowly and integrate my experience each and every day. So I'm going to show you the card again. 
and you can always go back to the recording and you can, you know, just pretend that the card is on your heart center and activated. So Debbie, I'm also going to pull you messages from heaven. I feel like maybe there are family members on the other side that are reaching out to you at this time. And um, these are pretty powerful cards too. The first time I pulled one, I cried, like I told you, but um, hmm, this is a good one. I don't know if this will make you cry or not. It says, tune in to the rhythm of nature. Let us connect together there. This is the beauty of this card. All the cards, by the way, in this are sparkly like this. Tune into the rhythm of nature. Let us connect together there. Beautiful, right? Let's see if there's an additional meaning I can find here for you. This is card number 40, by the way. So 40 being uh, an elevated four. And your energy is a little low right now, but your loved ones will meet you in a place of high energy, Mother Earth. Find your favorite place in nature, maybe at the water's edge, a meadow, or sitting under an old, old tree, and your loved ones will help to energize you there. Relax. You will sense and feel them in this place today. Together, you will have mind-to-mind -to -mind telepathy. Hmm. Beautiful. So here are your two cards, right? The blue flame, or blue flame, this one, and tune into the rhythm of nature. All right. Beautiful. The other person I remember that said they wanted a reading was Ursula. You're welcome, Deb. Ursula, um, here is your Starseeds card. <laughs> no way this just happened. Ursula, the blue flame card. The blue flame. I cannot believe that that pulled out yet again. That one literally popped out of the deck at me. So I guess we're going to read this one again. And there must be an important message for more than just Debbie and more than just Ursula. So let's read it again. The blue flame. Maybe this is something true for all of us this week, right? This is a card of awakening and energetic upgrades. Perhaps you're going through a period of spontaneous awakening, receiving visions and having experiences that are out of the ordinary. In the West, little is known about the process of spontaneous awakening, and it can feel very scary when we're going through it alone. Elsewhere, they can be seen as auspicious experiences with those going through them being treated with tender care. The blue beings are thought to be activating beings with great potential for healing and upgrading our cellular structures. They appear in moments of extreme awakening, activating a physical kundalini awakening and deep cellular and DNA healing. Many people glamorize the awakening process. However, in reality, it's much messier and more difficult um, than most of us believe. We must first let go of what we think we know for sure and how we make sense of the world. This isn't easy. The awakening process, even when it's spontaneous, takes a considerable amount of time to integrate and awakening without integration can leave us feeling very ungrounded. If you're in the midst of an awakening, the process never ends. This, treat this time as deeply sacred and give yourself ample space to ground and integrate the extreme changes you're going through. And here's the activation uh, saying again, I allow myself to surrender to the awakening process that's right for me. I take things slowly and integrate my experience each and every day. You know, I was just getting a whisper in my ear while I was reading this card and 
maybe this has a lot to do with the placement of the human design sun and earth this week at the 19 attuning to the sensitive nature of the universe but also then taking in the experience retreating recharging and then going out to tell the story of the awakening right so woo, that doesn't happen very often that we get dual messages but when it happens it makes me go hmm, pay attention uh okay what is the name of the last card deck janice oh i'm sorry it is called messages from heaven uh they're called communication cards by jackie newcomb who apparently has written many books as well about speaking with our uh, loved ones who've passed I was not familiar with her, but I saw those cards. And in that moment, both Heather, my daughter, and I bought them. <laughs> we bought the same deck within minutes of each other, not really knowing that that's what we were doing. It was too funny. Uh, but, you know, we've been attuned to one another. All right. Uh, who else? There was someone else out there that wanted a card reading. And I'm so sorry, because if I go to uh, go, I would love a card if you have time. Amy Energy Tarot. So Amy, this will be for you. And uh, let's see, I feel like a starseed one for you. So let's do that. And uh, so I have a little extra time this morning. We've got about five more minutes, so I could probably do two more. Uh, let me know if you would like to. How did I do that? There we go. Let me know if you would like a card reading. And also tell me, do you want a messages from heaven or a starseed one? All right, and this one for you, Amy Energy Tarot, is Star Brothers, Horus Energy, Protection, Loyalty, Safety, and Trust. Look at that card, right? Horus as the hawk. And you can see Horus in the, the statue of Horus in the background. And Star Brothers is the name of the card. Horus Energy, Protection, Loyalty, Safety, and Trust. So let's go back to star, star bathing. Ooh, that would have been a fun one too. Star brothers. Here we go. You're more protected than you can imagine. It's safe to be to wait. It's safe to open the back of your heart. You're being called to be open to receiving a new level of support now from those in your life and from the benevolent beings you're connected with. Through ancestral patterning, current life traumas and past life karmic impressions, Many of us have become mistrustful and suspicious of loyalty and have blocks when it comes to receiving support. We've learned that we need to go at life alone, that it's safe, that it's not safe, excuse me, to let our guard down and our heart open, that the world isn't a friendly place. The Star Brothers want you to have a new experience of life on Earth. They want you to feel deeply secure and safe, even if you're going through a difficult time. They want you to hand over your fears to them to see them as opportunities to let in more love. They're guiding you to stay open to receiving a greater level of support than you can ever imagine, both in this world and beyond. To call in your team of loyal protectors and supporters, both physically and energetically. They want you to learn to soften through life's ups and downs and to learn to open your heart, especially when it most wants to harden. And here's your starseed soul inquiry. So write this question down, Amy. How can you open yourself up to receiving more support? Hmm. How can you open yourself up to receiving more support? Lovely. Star Brothers. Star Brothers. Okay. That's Amy's card. Uh, let's see. J-Lo. Uh, 
for Deus. Okay, we'll do one for you. And Asa, we'll do one for you, just because you don't get to join us very much. So for Deus, uh, would like a starseed message. So this one, it will be for you. And then we'll do one for Asa. I also saw somebody else that wanted one. And JLo, thank you. Please take a moment to hit the like button. I always forget this part. Uh, and if you're on YouTube, please subscribe if you haven't already done so. And okay, for you, for Deus, we have loosen your grip, coping mechanisms, density, addiction, let God in. And if you look at this, you can see these women falling through um, open space, right? The feminine uh, energy of space, the womb. And I do believe this looks to me like, well, I thought it was water, but it really looks like air. air. So maybe letting go of some of the mind's addictions. Okay. So let's take a look at what this means. Loosen your grip. We're cyclic beings, and Mother Earth teaches us how to be human every day and with the coming and going of the tides and the seasons. If you're clinging to anything, you're resisting the natural flow of who you are. The things we cling to are often those that we most need to let go of. The food, the substance, the relationship, the job, the people-pleasing. The things we cling to often cover up our most vulnerable space, the part we're most afraid to leave empty the part we guard and don't let grace into. But by keeping that space covered with something that doesn't serve us or clinging to it for fear of it not staying of its own accord, we prevent ourselves from receiving the things that will. A Course in Miracles tells us, whatever we leave empty, grace will fill. And the Buddha said, you can only lose what you cling to. Indeed, both are true. If this card appears, you're being called to find the courage to loosen your grip and give up control to release your coping mechanisms and leave space for grace and God to enter, to surrender all that feels dense and dense to the divine. Loosening your grip doesn't mean that what you're clinging to will go away. It may, or it might stay, but you can be sure that what it is for you, you will find you and you'll breathe easier knowing that you've shifted from relying on your own strength to surrendering to the grace of life. Here's your starseed soul inquiry question. You might want to write this down for contemplation. What are you clinging to for the fear of nothing coming to take its place? What are you clinging to for fear of nothing coming to take its place? Loosen your grip. <laughs> Loosen your grip. That's a good one, I think, for all of us. All right, and Asa, a messages from heaven card for you. And remember, even if you're not someone getting a card reading today, all of these cards may pertain to you as well because we're all here together. You know, in community, we are one body. And that means that we are all receiving the message, even though it looks like it's Asa's message or it's Debbie's message or it's Ferdeus's message. Ah. Uh, Hold us in your heart, not in your home. It's okay to declutter. <laughs> That's an interesting message to come from your loved ones. Uh, hold us in your heart, not in your home. It's okay to declutter. I think that's sort of like Ferdy's, you know, loosen your grip, let go. Uh, let's see if I have a further meaning of that card. Put the book back. 
<laughs> uh, card number 11, by the way, Asa. So it's about enlightening, right? Becoming enlightened or maybe lightning. Uh, okay, the love you shared is not housed in the belongings they owned or the items that remind you of them. Holding on to things just because you feel you should is not their wish. By all means, keep a treasure or two and a selection of photographs that give you happy memories, but only if these things uplift you. Find us in your heart, not in your things. Hold us in your heart, not in your house or your home. It's okay to declutter. That's just such a different message. I hope that has meaning to some of you out there. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, what are you clinging to for fear of nothing coming? Yes, let me read that again for you so I can make sure for days. Uh, what was the card? Loosen your grip. What are you clinging to for fear of nothing coming to take its place? So to take its place. Close enough, right? Amy Taro says, wow, that was the perfect card for me. I have transiting Saturn squaring my natal Pluto Ook, and have been feeling not been feeling very supported. Thank you so much for the message. You are wonderfully uh, welcome for that. Uh, so do we love these cards, right? I love these cards. And uh, let's see, they're starseed, Natasha. Let's do one for Natasha. I love to do card readings for card readers because... Um, I think sometimes, at least I know this is what happens to me, is that I don't frequently do my own card readings, right? So like the first thing I don't think, I don't, if I'm struggling with something, the first thing I don't think of is um, go do an Oracle card reading. I don't know if that's true for you, Natasha or Amy or any, uh, uh, it certainly doesn't cross my mind to get my astrology chart out. So, all right. So this is for you. Natasha, and it is activated earth, power places, ley lines, trust where you are led. This is a beautiful card. I God, I hope you guys can see the detail in that card, right? The arch, which kind of reminds, reminds me of uh, Stonehenge maybe, and the sparklies around it that makes it feel like it's magical. Uh, the colors, the blue lights there, the, the stars, the twin stars up here. So it's a beautiful card and it says activated earth, power places, ley lines, trust where you're led. Okay. Ley lines are invisible pathways on the land along which energy travels. They can be sensed when we tune into them with our subtle senses. Also known as spirit paths, they've been compared to the meridian system of the body used in Chinese medicine and they link sacred sites, stone circles, burial mounds, and places of worship worldwide. In Australian Aboriginal culture, song lines were the paths traveled by the creator beings as they made the land and sea during the dreaming. These paths were recorded in the traditional songs and dances of the people, allowing them to access information about the land's history and to travel safely across great distances. Many believe that as we visit such sacred points on earth, something is activated within us. Some also believe that by connecting with the land, with devotion at these sacred places, something is activated within the planet too. Are you being called to travel to a sacred place that your soul remembers or to tend the land you live on? To honor and acknowledge the known and unknown keepers or nature spirits of that land? 
As you connect with the earth and honor its keepers, the land opens up more fully to hold you. The fruits provide more nourishment and the guardians watch over here, you, watch over you. Starseed activation. So this is a time for us to maybe just put your hand over your heart. And it says, I honor and thank the keepers of the earth beneath me, known and unknown. Thank you for your nourishment and tender holding. I'm going to read that one more time. I honor and thank the keepers of the earth beneath me, known and unknown. Thank you for your nourishment and tender holding. So that was a starseed activation, activated earth, right? Activated earth. All right. God, I could sit here all day and do these, but time pulls me forward. Uh, I hope all of you have had a wonderful uh, I hope all of you will have a wonderful weekend. I look forward to seeing you on Monday. Again, please hit the thumbs up button if you're on YouTube. If you're on Facebook, hit the like button. Share with your friends. Subscribe to my YouTube channel if you've not yet done so. Thank you so much and take care. Bye for now.